Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. Great to see all of you here today. Much gratitude for everyone, your practice, your presence, our lovely and beautiful community. And um, I look forward to hearing from all of you or a few of you this morning um, about how uh, your practice has been serving you this week, what you've noticed. So I'd like to share some of what has been serving me in, in terms of the practice this week in hopes that that might um, support or help you. The uh, title of the talk is um, it's okay not to be okay when things are not okay. <laughs> and all of us, we've all had these moments of worry, anxiety, fear, anger, quite normal in this time. I don't know if you've had a moment like this uh, two days ago. Um, two days ago, I woke up out of bed and um, had a cough, really an allergy cough. But um, I started coughing and the body is so fascinating in the mind. First there was this cough and then there was this wave of anxiety. I couldn't believe how quickly my body had responded to the cough, fascinated me. The sensations in the body were amazing. My heart started pounding, I got a little dizzy, the muscles tightened, and maybe you've had a moment like that too, right? You, you've been in a store and people are grabbing things and you, you're worried about social distancing or there's just tension. You don't know what to touch or not touch. And then you notice the body, this amazing body gives off the signals of fight, flight, or freeze right away like this. It's just automatic. I've had phone calls from uh, family and friends, colleagues, um, thinking for a moment that they're ill and feeling extreme panic, extreme panic and fear. All of this we need to label as perfectly normal in this time. Um, and we have to understand that it's our landscape right now. There are so many challenges. Some of us are sheltering in place in a warm, quiet home. Others are crowded in their home. Others are worried about losing their job, getting food, if they're going to have a home, ill family members, 
these are challenging times to practice in. And as well, um, you know, with crisis is opportunity, opportunity to deepen our challenge, to deepen our practice, to deepen our wisdom, and to find our resilience. So we're all in this together. It's our shared humanity. And some will have greater challenges. And uh, we send much metta, compassion, karuna for those at the edge of our society that um, will struggle more, that have been struggling and unfortunately will uh, struggle more. So I want to talk about uh, two practices. We always talk about these practices, but highlight them in a different way. And one is um, the boundless heart, this deep compassion that we need to have for ourselves, particularly in those great moments of vulnerability where the body is going to do what the body does. It's designed to ward off threat. And you will experience fight, flight, or freeze symptoms and lots of anxiety. So we want to, as practitioners, be able to turn towards ourselves in the most kind way with compassion, with curiosity, with warmth. You notice my hands are here, right? And just allow whatever arises to arise without judgment. In Buddhism, we say we don't have to throw the second arrow. Right? There's a cough. My body reacts. And then I don't have to judge it. I don't have to. I just have to be there with it in kindness. Just grabbing some notes. So the compassion practice helps our um, capacity to be with the suffering. We're, we're expanding our capacity right now to be with the suffering. And the loving kindness practice helps us open to ourselves, to extend kindness to ourselves and others. And um, we want to um, meet that pain and vulnerability and to learn that in this heart, there's boundlessness, there's courage, and there's resilience. In these heart practices, courage arises, caring arises. And all of us get to practice the way we can care deeply for the state of our mind and heart and for others. And we'll practice a little bit. Um, towards the end, we'll do a compassion practice. And sometimes we're so critical, we'll feel our anxiety, judge it, our neurosis, our worry, our worrying about the future, all of this quite normal. There's so much uncertainty. Um, but to know that this heart can hold it all, this boundless heart can hold everything. So we can call up and strengthen our capacity to be with what's arising. And we'll practice this a little bit more. 
So I'm going to change the subject just a bit. I'll be moving from skill to skill. And I want to read something that I've been holding on to for about 25 or 30 years. And this was written by um, James Baldwin in 1956. And he was talking about um, the state of the country, as you can imagine, the racism and the segregation in the South. But I want you to hear it in a different way. Um, allow it to touch and to filter in. He writes, and this is again written in 1956. Any real change implies the breakup of the world as one has always known it. The loss of all that gave one an identity, the end of safety. And at such a moment, unable to see and not daring to imagine what the future will now bring forth, one clings to what one knew or thought one knew, to what one possessed or dreamed that one possessed. Yet it is only when one is able, without bitterness, without self-pity, to surrender a dream long cherished or a privilege long possessed, that one is set free, one has set oneself free for higher dreams, for greater privileges. All of us have gone through this, go through it, each according to our degree throughout our lives. It is one of the irreducible facts of life. So we get to set ourselves free, free of our um, attachments, our little luxuries, our clinging, what we knew is normal, how we formed an identity. It's all up on the table, isn't it? For all of us, it's our shared humanity. We all get to let go quite a bit of what we've been clinging to. We must. This is really a collective letting go. And this time uh, brings such potential for all of us to shed um, our individual and collective greed, right? Our consumption, our consumptive practices, our aversion, our delusion for all of us, and to drop into the boundless heart of generosity, of kindness, compassion, service, and we see this everywhere. Uh, we see chefs in New Orleans cooking for the um, frontline um, providers like firefighters, police, um, people keeping the city going, and um, so people who can sew coming together to sew the face masks, and groups forming, crowdsourcing, trying to serve. And so this crisis has the potential to bring out our humanity, our kindness, our goodness, and um, our capacity to serve. And uh, one little virus, you know, one tiny virus, I tried to Google, what is the size of the virus? And um, I can't even describe the size of the virus, right? The tiniest, 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 it's not really a living um, being. I, I think it's described as a protein. I'm messing this up perhaps, but this tiny, tiny 
tiny virus has forced us to drop everything we cling to and know. And the society in a heartbeat to radically shift. Radically shift. Everything's on the table. Rent, mortgage, jobs, salaries. Everything. Our um, busyness, business, how we see ourselves as doing and accomplishing and getting things done and achieving, all that dropped. This amazing challenge to let go as a culture, as a society. And it's not one, it's all of us that has to stop and let go of whatever it was that gave us security that we hold onto. Well, in Buddhism and mindfulness practice, this is our wheelhouse. This is what we teach. We teach the letting go of grasping, of clinging, of identifying. But wow, has it ever come home now in this time? So it's a challenge for us to set ourselves free in little ways, in big ways, every day. And as a society, a culture, a community, to move towards this generosity and kindness first, this expansion of the heart to serve. I think it's all our prayers. It's a prayer everywhere that humanity finds a way to serve humanity. And we let go of our greed and consumption If we could have a prayer, it would be this. Can we serve the neediest and provide resources to the neediest right now? So the theme today is how can we set ourselves free moment by moment by moment? Moment by moment, how can we find calm and ease and allow um, this calm and ease to be present for us day to day, moment by moment? so that our nervous systems aren't so hijacked and we're not living in the suffering of um, intense anxiety or fear. And if you are, it's perfectly justified, it's normal. Uh, if you're losing your job or you worry about a paycheck, this is normal to be in fear and anxiety, but our practices are here to serve us and help us through. And so uh, one of the things that we do, as all of you know, is um, we find refuge in the present moment. We cultivate present moment awareness. We allow ourselves to land in this moment fully. And um, again, coming to that, that teaching of the second arrow, we can use that 
to allow ourselves to notice this moment. There's always the moment and then there's the commentary in the mind on the moment, right? There's the thoughts that go with it, right? There's the bell. Simply hearing. And then there's the story that I have about the bell or the ringer. So, um, Another way of saying, using the present moment as a refuge to come into for calm and ease is to be able to look at that we're seeing things as they are, as they're unfolding. And by the time we pay attention to this present moment, it's moved on to a different moment. So our reality is a consistent uh, renewing of itself it's like a wave, a wave doesn't stay solid, it's constantly changing. So when we're falling into the present moment, we can look more deeply at where there's the grasping, where there's the clinging, where there's the suffering, and we can just come back to the moment. Gil uh, Fransdale, has this teaching um, that I love. And he talks about how in, um, in America, when we send flowers or we think of a bouquet of flowers, we think of this bouquet of like 30 or 40 flowers or 10 flowers, you know, we, we usually make a bouquet. But in Japan, very often um, when someone wants uh, to put out flowers, they put out one flower, one flower because one flower, like one moment, you just see the flower. You can take in that flower, appreciate the flower, be with the flower, yeah? And so every moment can be like a flower, just like this. Here's the flower. One flower. So I'm a flower, you're a flower. Each moment is a flower. I do the dishes like with a flower. I wash my hands I'm like a flower. One moment, just this, one flower. I cook something, one flower. Respond to my child, a flower. This moment, just like this, one flower. And we come back. And with this flower, there's no future, there's no past, and there's no commenting on it. Just the flower. So Gil says, well, if I bring in another flower, here's the second flower. You know, this is where the mind, um, the second flower is the comparing mind. One's big, one's small. I like this better, one's prettier. I'd like that flower. This flower doesn't belong. It's not a good enough flower. Yeah. I don't like red flowers. I want white flowers. You can see your mind this way. I'm going to leave the flower here. 
just wash hands. Just wash hands. Just cook. No future, no past. Here, just here now. Here with calm and with ease. As best as possible. No second thoughts. Today, I could get beans from the grocery. No thought about tomorrow. I don't have to think about the fact that I could easily get it a month ago or what it will be like when I have to go and get more beans. I have beans now. This moment, there are beans. In this way, we're practicing all the time. Being here with calm, with ease, and with presence. This flower, this moment. Simple, no second thoughts. And when you do have those moments of panic, anxiety, anger, whatever it is that comes, um, that's normal too. So um, we'll do a compassion exercise. And um, I'm going to read you a few poems from Kabir to hopefully inspire you to be in this moment and practice. Oh mind, this is from Kabir. Oh mind, you carry on your back, your actions like a heavy sack. No wonder that your shoulders ache. Another strains enough to break your neck. So drop this stupid load. This is the last stop on the road where you can find rest. Stay beloved guest. So stay, be love's guest. Drop this load. After all, the world's giving us permission for many of us not to be so busy, consuming, occupied, getting. The world is inviting us to drop this load and find rest to be love's guest. And Kabir says, I went searching for the shop. We're all searching for the shop now, um, where the merchant would say, there's nothing of value here. I found it and stayed. These poems arise out of the richness of not wanting. Allowing that moment of not wanting, even when our hearts are aching. To stop that mind from spinning of wanting, 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 and resting in the heart. 
becoming love's gift. So um, I invite you to find a comfortable posture and close your eyes or a soft gaze. And I'd like to um, practice a compassion practice with you for today. And um, when we finish, I'd love to hear from you and open to sharing. But for now, um, let's practice the compassion practice together. And if you like, you can place your hand on your heart and even two hands on your heart. And feel that, press, feel, feel your hands on your heart. Touch is so important. And even for this moment, um, you can slightly tap your hands. If you're feeling uh, anxious or need compassion, this is a good practice to use the body uh, to calm somatically, yeah? So closing your eyes or soft gaze. bringing into awareness that just like me in this moment, many beings everywhere have some form of suffering, stress and difficulty. And in my shared humanity, I join them, I'm with them. Just like me, all beings are seeking safety in their bones, in their heart, in their nervous system. And just like me, all beings are seeking refuge from their pain and from their sorrow. All beings are seeking safety and a place to be healthy and to be healed and well. And I invite you to call up the courage, the boundlessness of the heart, this heart that loves and cares without boundary. And you can call up yourself as a younger person or an image of yourself here or someone else who's in need that you care about, that you have concerns about. You could place yourself as a child, yourself in the current moment or a loved one in your mind's eye and see them, visualize them, or just sense and feel their essence, their being. And calling up our compassion, our kindness, our care. You can silently repeat the phrases, radiate this felt sense in the body, you can silently repeat 
our heart's desires. I care about your pain. Whatever pain there is. And I'll stay with you. I will stay in this pain. I will try to care for you even when it's difficult. When you appear as an ocean of sorrow, I will stay with you. I care. I'll surround you with my compassion and caring. Even when there's an ocean of sorrow. When you appear as hostile, angry, agitated, lost, I will stay in compassion. And when you hide, when you shut down or freeze, I will wait for you. I will stay. I will stay through pain, through suffering, through sorrow. With a boundless heart, I am here for you. and allowing this compassion to come in from the earth, from the sky, from the nature, trees, from all beings around us, from all four corners of the earth. Allowing this boundless heart to hold all. I will dwell in the boundless heart. Until all beings are free of suffering.
So these are my two practices that have helped me through the week. The practice of compassion and brown, boundless heart in those moments of um, pain and dysregulation, anxiety. And um, just this moment, no thought, just the flower, yeah, just this. So I'd like to open the, um, the group now to um, your sharing, and I encourage you to share. Um, you can raise your hand, or if you're uh, tech savvy, you can go into participants and raise your hand there. Um, but Don is here, and um, much gratitude to Don, who um, is managing our technology, and he will help to unmute you and support us. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. It takes a village to practice, right? So I'm going to stop talking and uh, hopefully one of you will raise your hand and um, share how your week is going and, and what inspires you in your practice. I see a few hands. So Don, you wanna take over? Uh, let's see. Um, I'm looking. I see Rick has a hand up. Uh, okay. Oh, visually. <laughs> yeah. So just technology wise uh, that you might see a raise hand button in your chat window. You may not. You can raise your hand visually and we may see you because we have 44 people online and I can only see about 20 on my screen at a time. Um, so if we don't see you one way, try the other way. Just shoot me a, a, a chat and just say, hey, I'd like to speak, and then we'll unmute you. So um, I'm unmuting Rick now. Hi, everyone. Hi. It's been encouraging this week to see the way people are getting online and sharing their creativity in different ways or sharing their spiritual path. I like to watch that. I like to see it. And um, just a lot of different creatives getting out there, putting music online, and <sighs> that's nice. And for me, I've been doing what I do. I um, do Tai Chi and Qigong. I put that, I put that in the chat for everybody. I checked everything out with the health department, um, directly with the health department, not just the hotline, and it's been <clears throat> approved. Small groups, two to nine people, social distance, all the precautions. And Linda participated, and it's, it's been nice to do that. And um, I got to do an interview with somebody, which is one of those things that I'm seeing a lot of people doing. I put one of those up as well, um, a conscious conversation. So I see a lot of that going on, and we're all learning to use this modality, this Zoom, and um other things and uh, communicate and connect in different ways so 
that's good. I've also had some challenges and I got that um, a few days ago. I remember David Lay when he came and talking about sort of zooming back from what's stressing us and giving it space so we can go around and embrace it from, from the outside. So I found that helpful. So that's me. So next is uh, Claire. Hold on a second, Claire. Thank you. I was trying to unmute myself and it said, no, the host has to do that. Yeah, I know. I'm being a bully. <laughs> I have been doing more practice uh, these past 10 days than I have had in a long time because I'm able to access so many Zoom meetings. Yesterday, Saturday morning was wonderful. I'm able also to go to a variety of different Zen sites um, throughout the United States. So I'm really, really grateful for that. I did want to tell Wendy that I, I do feel her. Uh, yesterday, I had a little bit of a sore, dry throat, and it was like, panic! And then I drank some water, and it was gone. <laughs> yeah, just whoo! And my greatest fear was not that I was sick. It was that I was going to give it to my husband, who I am isolating with. And I don't know if other people are feeling that. It's like, I'm fine to get sick, that's okay, but I just don't wanna give it to anyone. And, and, and that worries me to the greatest extent. And I have to try and bring that anxiety down to my Dantian and kind of cradle it and sit with it. Otherwise I find myself hyperventilating and talking really fast, which is probably what I'm doing. Thank you. Thank you. You see any hands, Wendy? Uh, from Linda, yes. Okay. All right, Linda, you're unmuted. Hey, everybody. Hi, hi. So good to be with everyone. Oh my God, 46 of us, 44. I love it, love it. <laughs> um, today, as always, when I wake up, I have to walk the little puppy who is at the end of her life. I love her dearly as we all love our four-leggeds. She is near blind and deaf, but spry as a child when I walk her. So I'm walking her today. She wanted a longer walk. And then I go in my mind, hurry up, I wanna get home and drink coffee and tea with my husband. What are we doing? And I went, what the hell? And it made me just kinda, I am so blessed to have this furry child with me. Can I just be with her? Can I just be now with her as a flower? This beautiful being, it really helped me wake up. I want more wake ups. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so some people have found the raise hand button. Um, Shannon helped out by uh, saying that it's in the participant window. If you uh, click on participant, there should be a raise hand button 
in that window. So uh, next is Brooke. So Brooke, you're unmuted. Hi. Um, I think you touched on this a little bit when is struggling with, and I'd love some advice about this discomfort that arises when we realize the identities that we had aren't here anymore. Like I've, you know, I've lost all of my work. So, so, so there's, so my identity is who I was in my careers don't exist. And then my son's home from school. There's no school. And then he's here and I wake up every morning and I think, well, who am I? Right. It feels like the ground is kind of gone from underneath. And I don't really know who I am. I, I think I'm grasping to kind of turn inward and see, okay, well, now that I'm stripped of all of these things that I thought I was, and there's just this, what is there? Like, who, who am I really? I'm kind of struggling with, with that discomfort. There's a, like a, an agitation in the body because I don't know what to cling on to. There's nothing to go and do. There's nothing to be today. It's just kind of this. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for that question. Um, I too am, have had a moment like that. And some of you may have also. Um, <clears throat> so I remember that moment this week when um, I couldn't work. And um, all of that was gone. And I don't know when that next time of work will be for me. Um, so I like to really tune in with awareness in those moments to um, that triangle of awareness. There's the thought, I don't have this work this week and I don't know when I'm working again. Um, what is happening in my body when I have that thought? Tightness in my neck and shoulders, my jaws clenching, my chest feels hollow. Maybe there's a wobbly feeling. That's the body. So I'm with the body in these sensations, right? What is the thought? There's fear, there's loss, and as you said, well, Brooke, there's disorientation. Who am I? Who am I? If I'm not my job and my coworkers and my paycheck and my routine, who am I, right? And the emotion, sadness, loss, grief, fear, right? So this is the awareness that I'm, I'm using awareness to know, to note, to notice. And then, um, in a very kind, loving, compassionate, holding way, I'm falling into that koan, who am I? Who am I? Without this, who am I? Our practice is not to have the answer. It's to sit with the question like this, right? Who am I? Who am I? 
and to give ourselves permission not to know. And then we get to see the possibility, this deeper sense of who we are. And that doesn't mean that we're going to skip over grief, anger, sadness, resentment, loss, rage. And that's all there too. It's not a bypass. We don't push it away. We hold it. We experience it. We allow that emotion to go through and then bring us to where it's going to go with awareness, you know? We're all getting to ask this koan, who am I? And uh, my prayer is the answers will be a um, awakening to who we really are. So there's a few more raised hands. Uh, Julianne, I'm unmuting you now. Thank you. Am I unmute? Uh, no, we can hear you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what I, some of the ways that I've been coping, or we cope together, John and I, when we take our walks out with our dogs, and I'm pushing the doggy stroller, which I never thought that I'd ever do, judgment. I'm noticing there are a lot more people that I'm noticing, maybe they were before, it's so friendly. I mean, saying hello, passing by. And then I notice that I'm watching people that aren't practicing social distance and my judgment is, see, that's why we can't get rid of this. And coming back to, I can only do here and now. I can only be here. And then I go away again and come right back. That's been really helpful. Um, I'm struggling with the technology. I might call you, Don, uh, getting clients online and trying to do like a, a group. And my self judgments are, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not really good with this. And I can't, and they've been so forgiving. I mean, because it, it's all my perception. But I am so appreciative of this group and many groups that I've been sitting with during the week. Thank you. Thank you, Julianne. Um, next is uh, Sue. You're unmuted now. Hi, everyone. It's so good um, to see everyone. I think part of what's been helping me is um, reminders that to take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And so for this, for the Sangha, it's just been so wonderful that we're continuing this on Sundays and also when we're not together to know that we're together. Um, I've got quite a library of books on the Buddhist practice, on mindfulness. I'm sure we all have our collections. So I've had more time to sit with those and I'm enjoying some more learning and um, relearning. Um, so that's really been helpful. My puppy has been very helpful because they're clueless. They don't know this is all going on and she's just a constant reminder, just, just be here now. So I think that's been very helpful. Um, the last thing I was gonna suggest is if we could find out, I have contact information for some individuals in the group on our Sangha, but I know that we're in different classes. Sometimes we do that buddy up and check in on people. 
And maybe we could, if you have people's contacts, um, or maybe Margaret and I could facilitate that somehow, if you don't have anyone's contact, to have a buddy to check in with maybe during the week, like, how are you doing? Or we just sometimes text like, I did it, Julianne and I, thank you, friend. Um, just, yeah, I did it, like I sat today, or, you know, if you need to reach out, it's it's kind of nice to have that person. So maybe we can facilitate that, just a suggestion. Yeah, thank you all and be well. Uh, thank you, Sue. Um, next is Paula. So Paula, you're un, I think you're unmuted, hold on. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Okay, great. Hi, everybody. Well, first of all, I just want to say, um, again, I want to underline, I love being uh, a part of the Sangha. And I love actually right now just seeing into everybody's home and their background, like the two of you on the bed together snuggling. I'm like so jealous. No, it's so <laughs> great. Um, and Amber, your little girl running around, she's she's been precious to see. And and uh, anyway, just to see everybody's familiar face. Um, Shannon called me right at the beginning of this, and we started a buddy system of um, practicing our uh, leading meditations together. So that's been very helpful. Linda sent me a lot of resources uh, that I can utilize, and I also do that with my colleagues. I'm I uh, with my colleagues. I support them in some sort of levity. Uh, once a month. And so um, that resource I'm going to use for that this Tuesday. So um, uh, Wendy, you know, and and um, all of you, you know, thank you. First of all, I just want to say I'm so grateful to be a part of this community. Um, so so just like everybody, I've been up and down. Um, and I just see this as an amazing opportunity, uh, really for uh, me to um, check in and see what makes me feel contracted and see what expands me. And I'm paying attention to that in every realm, including movies I'm watching. Um, if it's something that makes me contract, I say bye-bye. Um, and I do listen to the news. For me, it's important, um, but I do it at a fraction of what I was doing it. And, um, and the thing that was causing me the most uh, distraught feeling is being here and not in Michigan with my family and my 89-year-old mother. Um, so I was really sad about that. And, uh, and that comes and goes still just because my sister takes a lot of that responsibility. And then I feel, you know, like here I am, the older sister, and I'm not doing any of that there. So anyway, that's some of the stuff I work with in my mind. but. Um, so now I'm calling my mom like four or five times a day uh, and we're FaceTiming. We've never done that all the time I've been here. So that's amazing. And um, she's distraught often. And so what I, I, um, I noticed thanks to mindfulness is I can get triggered with when she gets triggered um, because it's something I was raised with, with her way of being with tension. And then I felt like, you know, that that affected me as a child but now i can see where i get triggered and so now i can breathe into it 99 percent of the time which is pretty amazing growth 
And so now I utilize, actually, I've been leading my mom, who is a very right-wing Christian, in mindful meditation practices on FaceTime. And she's loved it. And it's helped me to feel connected to her. And um, I've done loving kindness one. I did a body scan and just breathing, period. Um, so anyway, so that's been helpful. Um, I'm back at work. I mean, I'm, I'm working at home, but the first week we didn't have really anything to do. And then there was this avalanche of things. So now I'm on this big learning curve, learning how to teach blind kids where everything's hand on. Somehow I'm going to have to learn how to do that virtually. So, so uh, there's just a lot there. And that's actually helping focus my mind in a constructive structured way so um and then that with um yoga in my house and going for long walks and talking to people on the phone and um meditating and praying and feeling very grateful through the big picture so that's how i've been dealing thank you thank you paula um bonnie offered for those of you on cell phones um, the raise hand button is under the more menu. Um, and uh, if anybody hasn't found the button yet, if you'll hold your hand up and if you're on video, let me scan through all the pictures, just the ones who want to raise their hand anew and uh, see if anybody's holding their hand up. Okay. I don't see any and I apologize if I'm missing you. Well, um, I was wondering, I don't see Bonnie anymore, but I wanted to invite you to share because I know we didn't get you to share yesterday, my fault. Uh, so would you like to share if you're still here? Ah, I see you now. <laughs> yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie, I unmuted you if, if you wish to share. Um, really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I have a poem that I'll read from Rumi. Is now a good time to do that? Yes. Okay. Hold on. Let me get it. I, I was having trouble with my microphone earlier, so I'm going to have to resolve that. Uh, let's see. I could hardly hear you during the meditation, so I'm, uh, Don made some suggestions. I'll be working that out. Okay, oops. All right, here we go. It's called, it's, um, it's from Rumi, a book of his teachings. And there is a South Indian story about soap. Soap is the dirt we buy. We introduce it to the dirt we have, and the two dirts are so glad to see each other, they come out and mix. They swim together in the warm, pleasurable water, and at just the right moment, moment, the washer lifts the cloth of our true being, free of both soap, soap and dirt. Mystical poetry and other practices may function in this way, as soap that dances with what disturbs our clarity. Then at some moment, they drop away and leave us clean, ready to be worn again. I just thought with all the hand washing that that was interesting. 
So I'm going to read it one more time because I stumbled over it. Soap is the dirt we buy. We introduce it to the dirt we have, and the two, two dirts are so glad to see each other, they come out and mix. They swim together in the warm, pleasurable water, and at just the right moment, the washer lifts the cloth of our true being, free of both soap and dirt. Mystical poetry and other practices may function this way, as soap that dances with what disturbs our clarity. Then at some moment, they drop away and leave us clean, ready to be worn again. I just thought we were doing so much hand washing that that was just amazing. And I just am always fascinated how Rumi is so timeless. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. Maybe we should post that. Lovely. Yeah. Do you have time for one more, Don? Uh, it's 1126. Huh? Um, would Margaret, would you be willing to say what you typed in? Let me unmute you. Um, about uh, the Sangha care idea. You're unmuted, Margaret. Okay. Hey, everybody. So if you would like to be added to a check-in list, if you would email us at infolb at insightla.org, and it's in the chat box, and I'm adding it again, then, and please be sure to provide your contact information and whether you want a text or an email, um, and then make sure we have that contact information, then we can add you to that. I have been informally um, texting a whole bunch of people twice a week, and I am sure that we are happy to add you so that we can have a check-in and keep connected. Thanks. Thank you, Margaret. Anyone else? Last minute or two? I don't see any hand raised buttons. I don't see any video hands raised. Well, thank you. Oh, Amber. Amber? Is that Amber? Yes. Hey, Amber, you're unmuted. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, I really loved Bonnie's poem and I felt that, um, or Rumi's poem that Bonnie read. And that um, that's how I feel with the practices, the little sits that I've been doing when I feel the dirt of the, all the thoughts and anxiety of just present situation um it's the practice that like I, I just feel clean again right after it's like the mm -hmm. simply begin again that I really picked up from retreat it's like it's really staying with me um day and night and throughout the day so just thank you all for being here <laughs> for letting me share that thank you thank you Amber so Normally, we have donations, Donna, and Casey and I, um, we're not collecting Donna right now, but we urge you, if you have heard something here that inspires you or you're moved by your practice, um, Inside LA could use the donations. Um, they have a staff and rent to pay for several of their um, facilities, uh, food banks need your help, um, all sorts of places need your help in the name of our Sangha on behalf of all of us, make some donations. 
And um, let's widen our compassion and our hearts with some pennies and dollars and um, see that our Donna gets to people who, who really have a need now. So, uh, so please send your Donna out to where it's needed. And that would greatly uh, warm our hearts right now. And um, we'll be back next Saturday and next Sunday. I loved hearing from all of you, the way that you're practicing, how your lives are unfolding. Um, it's a great privilege to be with you and share my practice. Um, and so I wish you all a sweet week of practice, a deep week of practice, um, freedom, insight, compassion, and um, very, very, very strong, robust health, good health. Um, and let's bring our practice to those who need it in the world. May all beings be free of suffering. May all beings be healthy and well. And may all beings be safe, comfortable, and sheltered. Thank you for being here. Have a wonderful week. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.